Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our Integrity Leadership Call. Glad to have everyone on this evening. If you are in the, in the position to, please turn your cameras on so that we can see your lovely, shining, smiling faces and feel each other's energy. And also, if at any point in time you have any questions or thoughts, if your camera is on, you can wave your hand. We will acknowledge you that way. If your camera is not on, not to worry. You can always click on participants from there. Click on the small blue hand that says raise hand. We will acknowledge you that way. And you are always welcome to type your questions and thoughts in the chat. Now, without further ado, we introduce you to you all, your lovely trainers, hosts, slash students for the evening, because they'll always tell you, hey, we, we are here facilitating, but we're also continuously learning. So they're students as well. So I want to present to you Miss Deanna Debery Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Conversations with God Book One. We are, I don't know about you, but there was so much in just the first chapter alone. So if you have read it, I'm going to actually start on page one. It is the one, two, three, the fourth paragraph. It's on page one of chapter one, and it reads, This time, rather than another letter to another person I imagined to be victimizing me, I thought I'd go straight to the source, straight to the greatest victimizer of them all. I decided to write a letter to God. The reason why I, under, I underlined this is because of how he phrased it. <clears throat> Rather than another letter to another person I imagined to be victimizing me, I thought I'd go straight to the source, straight to the greatest victimizer of them all. I decided to write a letter to God. <laughs> How many of you have had that conversation in your head or you've written that letter to the person who you believed was victimizing you? But then in that same thought process, felt like God was victimizing you. So I'm going to open this up for discussion. The floor is open. Let's roll with it. Ciao. <laughs> I never really thought about writing a letter to God. But there were times when I would ask, what, like, why is this happening? Why, why, why me, you know? And so, but I understand, you know, where he came from <laughs> with the letter and everything. So to me, it, I never thought about that either, Grace, until I actually realized after reading more into the book, but just, Think of thinking about that initially. Who actually believes that God is bullying you? Because that's honestly, to me, that's what I picked up on. The people who we believe are victimizing us, we feel like they're bullying us. So when you sit here and you're like, God, why are you doing this to me? God, why are you letting this happen to me? You're actually saying, God, why are you bullying me? 
And to me, the importance of this one question when it comes to integrity leadership is if you're approaching source, your creator, asking him, why are you bullying me? How many of us in the business aspect or in the leadership role are looking at those that we lead and asking them, why are you bullying me? And to, to me, when we, when, we, when we open up our minds, when we open up our hearts and we actually realize our image of God, we also start realizing our image of people, the people who we believe are our leaders or us being leaders, how we should lead. So who else who else would like to to comment on that particular concept? Can you repeat the question, Diana? Ma'am? Can you repeat the question? Yes, ma'am. How many of you in the in the role of leadership question like you you're supposed to be in leadership, but if you're looking at if you're being the victim, if you're seeing God as your bully in a leadership role, how are how are how does that turn how does that look? Like if you're a leader and you feel I felt this way all the time. Wow. You're a leader. Your concept of God in regards to your leader is bullying you. How does that affect your leadership? I feel like it's such a complex question. I mean, it's not, but it is. <laughs> as far as being a um, affecting leadership, I think that's why you have um, bosses who aren't great bosses, or you know, that make your life a, a living miserable hell because their actual life is miserable, and they need that understanding um, with God about them so that they don't, you know, take things out on on other people. I was thinking about when you were asking why about God being a bully, I always looked at asking why as a point of understanding so that I can know why these things are happening. Because I know I have been in a victim, a victimized state with begging and asking God, like, one more thing, like, <laughs> like, why did you put, why did this happen? You know, one instance, I had someone do something really bad, and I just really felt victimized. And I'm like, God, you know, all that I've been through. Why are they allowed to do this, this, and this? And I, I needed that type of an understanding. So when you're asking, when you're talking about the aspect of calling God a bully, I never thought about it up until now. Wow. And and, and that's one of the things that I picked up on too, Kira, Kira. Until I read this, I never thought about that until in that one line dropped that concept to me. Like, if we are... Because he said, rather than writing another letter to another person I imagined to be victimizing me, I thought I'd go straight to the source, straight to the greatest victimizer of them all. I decided to write a letter to God. So technically, we're, right, we're, we're thinking about our bullies, the people who victimized us, picked on us, bullied us. But then have we... When we sit there and we're like, God, why me? God, why is this happening to me? Why are you letting this happen? Why are you doing this to me? Now, when you actually think about it, you're putting God in a bully, in a bully stage. 
like he's bullying you. Go ahead, Miss Pam. Floor is open. Yeah, it's like um, it, the part you just said about many times people think God let lets that happen to you, so therefore he he wants it to happen to you. It reminds me, and and so a lot of parents. When you said that, it just came to me about a lot of um, bad parenting that shows up. My, I remember my story my uncle told me about how he had acted up as a child. His father told him to go out in the yard, get a switch, and hug the tree. So he, and he was going to beat him. And he asked his father, Dad, why do you do this? Why do you beat me like this? And he said, well, Massa did it to me. And that made it, and that was to teach me how to be, you know, a good person. So I'm just doing it to you. And, you know, and especially how with, when people think, and, and if they never, if they think, and, you, and religion says, oh, well, if that happens, God wanted it to happen, or you deserved it then you think of God as being a bully. Somehow or another, if we don't break generational abuse issues are only going to come. And, and in all my 30 some years in being a therapist, that's the big piece I had to break is people saw God is encouraging and, and allowing um, and sanct sanctifying and uh, uh, authoring that people should be cruel to each other because the church told them you know, if you know what that happened, you obviously did something wrong and you needed to be straightened out. So I, I, I think, you know, religion gets, God gets a bad rap. Let, let me just cut to the chase. And <laughs> this is where we just have to um, see where mankind has put on God all of our craziness. Miss Pam? If you didn't just talk this whole first chapter, because <laughs> as I'm reading, that that actually comes up in here. So before I thank you, thank you so much. And before I move forward, I would love for someone to point out to us a concept or something that you read in this book that impacted you in the first chapter or the first three chapters. I'll start. It was, it was what I sent you today. Oh. Uh, let me find it. Hold on. I got it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> this is what God was talking to Neil Donald Walsh. And I'm, I've been listening to it over Audible. So sometimes a man would speak as God and then a woman would speak, start speaking as God. And this is the woman who is speaking. And she said, it has been said that if you don't seek God in the profane and the profound, you're missing half the story. God is in the sadness and the laughter, in the bitter and the sweet. There is a divine purpose behind everything and therefore a divine presence in everything. So that when I was, you know, I was listening and you know how certain things spark your ear drum. And I was like, whoa, okay. All right. You know, so th that one, that one got me, uh, hit, hit me today, uh, especially 
with everything that you know was transpiring today with my friend and CEO and my COO was ready to ride out, you know, uh, <laughs> was ready to ride out and handle some stuff. And I was like, whoa, okay, okay, I understand. I get it, you know, I do know, I do understand, you know. But uh, yeah, when, when I heard that, I sent that to her so she could, you know, be a little bit more calmer, get some peace, you know, tranquility. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that stood out to, even though when things, you know, on the outside are when all hell is going around, there is a divine purpose behind everything and therefore there is a divine presence in everything. So uh, Antonio said that this morning on a daily meeting, he said, man, I went to jail. No, in the esoteric, the esoteric training. Man, I went to jail. And that's why I met God because God is in everything. So that, that stood out to me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and when you sent that to me, a while ago, not a while ago, it was like either earlier this, I believe it was only earlier this week, Antonio was telling us, he was like, there's a difference between being intellect, being an intellectual and being aware. And when you sent that to me, Grace, it literally connected the dots. Because I, I intellectually sent Antonio, told Antonio, like you always tell us, you know, the the opposite has to come before you before you get before you reach your greatness but when the opposite arrives that means you're getting closer to your greatness i intellectually spoke that to him but when you sent that to me i instantly had to thank you and calm down because you just put it in my awareness hey you practice you're preaching but you're not practicing Okay, Jerome, I saw you. I saw your face. <laughs> you're preaching, but you're not practicing. Because if I would have, if if that would have been in my awareness and not just my intellect, Grace, you would have never had to tell me, all right, Wusa, come on back. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jerome. Go ahead. You are muted. The floor is yours. Thank hey, you. Um the the crazy thing is this situation with Antonio when it came up earlier um, and he just kind of touched on it but kept moving then and then this fact my, 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 my modem is just acting the fool it's been going in and out so I haven't been able to focus or catch everything so I'm, I'm, I'm downstairs eating blah, 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 like that but and, and for some reason I need, I need to share this with everybody because because I heard you ready you ready to go Take them out, Grace, Pam. He's like whatever it is. Something I did, I just went to go on this on this timeline, and I ain't even seen that. I went to go look. I said, wait a minute, they messing with my boy, right? <laughs> so, but what but what happened was this, and, and I don't, and, and I, I guess it's going to be relevant for some. About two years ago, maybe three years ago, my sister. She's a single parent. Got two grown boys. Her, she separated from her husband, and then he died. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, so she basically raised those boys by herself and took care of my mother, okay? And taking care of my mother today. And she rough on men, okay? So whenever I get to meet one of her, her, her male friends, I'll be like, that's all, that's all I can do. Because <laughs> she rough, right? But she my sister, love her to death, right? She calls me one day and she said, she, she worked at this liquor store and the guy was Middle Eastern or something. And he called out her, he called out of her name, and this day he pushed her. So she calls me and said, he pushed me. I say, excuse me? He put his hands on you? My father's deceased. So I got an older brother. I say, did you call Nelson? She said, yeah, but he talking about he got to watch the grandkids and whatever, and bum, 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 like that. Now, it's about 6 o'clock in the evening. She done got off of work at 5. I said, are you going to work tomorrow? She said, yeah. I said, see on the schedule tomorrow? She said, yeah. I said, what time do you get off? She said, 5. I said, 4 o'clock. I'll be outside. Okay? So she said, okay. So I hang up the phone, right? I call one of my boys. God bless him. He's not with me anymore. Call him on the phone. I said, homeboy. Blah, 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 blah. He put his hand on my sister. Me and him need to have a conversation. I said, now, I ain't asking you to do nothing. I just need to know that, you know, you can be there for my back. He said, got you. Boom, hang up the phone. Call one of my other boys. I said, yo, dude. Boom, 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 boom. He says, Jerome. (laughs) Wisdom, Jerome. I ain't got no problem having your back my man but in situations like this you got to be careful how you approach because blah 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 blah. he started calming me down and let allow me to see the whole picture and not just because they're like oh no 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 you put your hand on my sister okay hello that's family Uh uh-uh okay so but i calmed down and then i told him I said, my man, thank you for what you shared with me. I appreciate that. Uh, let me let, let me let me let me pray and think about this. I I get back with you. Thank you. Click, hung with the phone. Call my other dude back, the one that said ride or die. I said, homeboy, I've been praying, thinking about this. I'm going to take another approach. Got it? He said, okay. He said, but you need. I said, don't worry about it. Because what I thought about was when he was saying about another perspective. This guy was married, had two kids. Bum, 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 bum. If it got stupid, he don't know what he's walking into. He could end up getting hurt. 
he had every right to say that. And that made me think, bro, don't do that to him. Oh, but four o'clock, I was there. <laughs> I was there four o'clock. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, and then I let her know I was there. When she got up at five o'clock, she walked out the door. I'm standing at the door. We walked back in the door. And I pointed him. And I said, is he the one? She said, yeah. I said, okay. I walk up to the counter. Excuse me. Excuse me. My name's Jerome Rick. This is my sister. I understand. You put your hands on her. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I don't hear all that. I don't hear all that. Let me tell you something. I said, she got people that love her. She got people that care about her. Now, here's how it works. I said, I wasn't here. So I can't say, well, you did what you didn't do. But here's what you need to understand something. The next time she come to me, to tell me you don't call out her name or put her hands on you, you put a hands on her. I say, man, you will have another conversation, and it won't be behind this counter. Do you understand me? I'm about you. I'm done with you, and I walk out. Listen to me. I said to myself, Jerome, if you look, in my 40, 60 some years of living, I ain't never done nothing like that ever before. But the deal was number one, my sister, husband was dead. My father was dead. My brother was occupied. There was no one to honor her. And I wasn't having her disrespected under no circumstance. It did not matter. That was not going to happen in my lifetime. Now, of course, after I did all this, I was like, I done lost my damn mind. <laughs> but, <laughs> but listen to me. He never put a hand on again. I never got another phone call. But I was done. I was like, what in the world? So I understand you guys uh, fervor. Your your no 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 no. You're not gonna do that. Not to somebody I care about. Not to somebody. Else. Oh no 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 no. You're not gonna do that. And I, I'll deal with the consequences later. But that ain't gonna. So I just needed to share that with somebody because I'm sitting there going, oh no no no. That's my that's my boy right there. Who who is it? What, g give me their name. Give me their address. Okay. Cause I know I have a, I know I have a conversation with them. Okay, <laughs> so I just, I just want to share that with you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Don't tell Antonio I said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us because what you said, Grace. We we because of our concept of God. We forget he's in everything. And today was that day that Grace reminded me, even after have all, even after have reading, like I, I read, I read before this happened. <laughs> so I knew better. And when you know better, you're supposed to do better, but what's in you will come out. Wrong person. But Grace reminded me, nothing happens by coincidence. Everything has its place. It's how you respond to it. There's the, there's, the, there's the divine in everything. There's the 
there's the divine and the happy and the divine and the sad. It depends on how you internalize it. If you're going to listen to the voice inside of you that's telling you be calm, or if you're going to listen to the voice inside of you that's telling you roll out. So I had to thank her. I really did. I had to thank her because she said, D, go in there and do some more reading. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she, she, but, and I did it. I, I, the first, the, before she sent me that text message, I was doing what I told her I was going to do when I got on her call. <laughs> and she sent me that text message. She said, Dee, if you don't go read, I was like, you know what, you sure right. And I opened the book. And as I continue to read, it just, because I let, I let the words soak in me instead of reading just to read. I was reading for understanding. And yeah. that eliminated everything else so that I can see the divine in what was going on. Yeah. The, the, the point I wanted to, to, to make was, um, as, I, as I was confronting the guy and dealing with him, I was very cognizant of what I was saying. You know, I was very firm with him. Uh, I was very mad. And he knew I was serious. He knew that that, that meant we, 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 we had to um, have that wall-to-wall uh, -wall, uh, conversation. Well, in military state council statement. But the other thing that was so critical about that whole matter was she called me because there was no one to defend her honor. And I immediately recognized that because all of her life, especially after the husband died, she's basically had to, all by herself, raised her two boys, and she did, she did a very good job taking care of mom. Nobody to defend her honor. And then she called me her older brother and said, he put his hands on me. Excuse me? And it was like, oh, no, no, no. He got this real, real twisted. He don't know about the Red family. So somebody had to stand up for her, and it wasn't so much him. She needed to hear me defend her honor and what I was willing to do on her behalf. And we, and we didn't talk about it afterwards. I said what I had to say. I got in my car, and I went on about my business. But she knew. I have, and I didn't go to my older brother and say, come on, homeboy, why you got me up there, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, but then I told my sister later on, I said, you know what? I'm glad he wasn't there because <laughs> Nelson to raise was him. him. <laughs> Listen to me, right in his face. Make sure, you see, see, Nelson isn't as um, uh, diplomatic as I am. He's not as... Uh, <laughs> He 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 wanted them from the streets. Like, oh, you gonna put your hand on my sister? Oh no 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 no. And and and, and I'm afraid he would have done it in the store. And they got cameras in the store, so I was smart enough to know. I had to watch what I said because they had cameras, and how I dealt with him in reference to the conversation because you know that can be used on you in the court of law. I, I was I was I was fully I was fully <laughs> But he understood. Put your hand on her again. Let her call me again. You're not gonna like this homeboy. Yeah. But I needed to defend her honor. And it was like, wow. But I love what Antonio said before we got off the previous call about how he recognized, and it was hard on him too, that his brand, because it was legit, defended him, took care of that situation for him. And this is just the beginning. 
because Antonio's got much, far more greater things to do. That means there's going to be some more tax coming. And we, who got to observe this, need to be ready for those other attacks because because you guys are like me. I'm, I'm the same as you guys. Where they at? Oh, I got some for them. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. When we need to interject, we will. When we don't, we'll be just fine. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I just, just wanted to share that with you guys. No, thank you. Thank you for telling us that. Hey, Reverend Reginald. But thank, thank you, because we have to see the divine in everything. The divine in that was the security that your sister understood, no matter what. He know I'm strong, but my brother will, stay, will take care of me. The divine in that was knowing that, yes, he laid hands on my sister, but I'm aware enough to know I'm going to check you and it ain't going to happen again. And the divine in that was also understanding that instead of going off on your brother, you understood the right brother went. If it was all flipped, it would have been a different conversation. We have to, we, that let me know we, 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 when you know better, you have to do better. You can no longer go into a situation ready to roll heads. You have to see the divine in this. What is this supposed to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from this? What I was supposed to learn from this situation was you need to get into your awareness and get out of your intellect. Because the whole time I was in that emotion of I'm ready to roll heads, what blessings did I block? What part of my future did I delay? Because I didn't let the divine take place. I didn't catch that quick. I didn't catch that lesson quick enough, but I guarantee you, I caught it this time. That don't mean, that don't mean I'm perfect. <laughs> that just means next time I'm going to pause a little faster than I did this time. Because <laughs> I ain't pause at first. Because when he was talking about it, I text Grace, Grace, do you know what he talking about? Because I didn't see nothing. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's something. And when she told me, I, instant, I, I instantly started clicking stuff reading stuff, paying attention to stuff, and the whole time Antonio teaching, you have to let these things go. You just let these things go. And I knew he was talking to me, but at that time I wasn't hearing it. But if I would have paid attention, because my job, I read before all this even took place, but my intellect was in control, not my awareness. There is there is divine in everything and once we once we just absorb that when it comes to leadership because you're going to be tried and tested every step of the way and if you're not if you're not straight with yourself you're gonna hurt yourself your brand the people you leading the people you are indirectly leading the people you leading you don't even know nothing about 
and more so you're going to delay the blessing that's for you. So before we move any further, hello, Reverend Reginald, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I, I had a hold up uh, while I was at, they tried to hold me hold me down. They had to duct tape me because I was telling them I had to go, but they can't hold a real one down. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to get up out of there. No matter what, you, you, can, you, can, you can glue me down with Gorilla Glue, and that ain't going to hold me. I'm going to get up out of there. But I was listening to these stories now. Uh, Jerome Rome, I, I, I listened to you, uh, standing up and defending. Uh, hold on, give me one second. Okay. Uh, I was listening to you when you were talking about defending your sister. Now, you brought, got, you, I got some flashbacks. Look at my face. Got me some flashbacks going on now. Okay. All right. Now, uh, so, uh, Minister Mitchell, you, you didn't have a situation. So, you know, I'm going to chime in. I'm going to tell you, I ain't going to give it all to y'all. I got 97 stories. I got them all documented down. I wrote them down. 97 stories. 97. 97.9, the beat and the box story. But I'm going to just tell you one story. Uh, the location, San Antonio, Texas. The place... Candlewood Elementary. The Boys and Girls Club was inside of the elementary school. It was a long, hot summer day. Me and two other employees, we are real close. I called them my sisters. We had a conversation prior to the event that happened that I'm going to get deeply into in this explanation of my stories of the 97 of them that I got. And I had told them, you know, I jump in front of bullets for my people. You understand what I'm saying? I would, I would get down. Anybody say anything to Ms. Sandals or Ms. Mitchell, they got to see me. Y'all know that, right? Y'all can uh, clap your hands if y'all know that. Let me see your hands come together. Okay, y'all know that. You know, I will come. Okay, now that they know that, I'm in the situation where I'm telling them that because it's some stuff that I'm seeing that's not right. It's some stuff that's going on that's not right, but I'm not in a position to call it out. I'm talking to somebody right now. You know when you when you when you you're not in a position to call it out, but you know it ain't. It's not God. G A W D. It's not God that's in the place, right? So we working hard. We getting the kids together. We motivating. We inspiring. We we giving them hope for the future. We 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 doing power hour, which is they get out of school and 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 we helping them with their homework. And and I'm keeping the energy alive. I don't know what I'm doing. They don't know what I'm gonna do. But we keeping the order. They quiet and they doing the work. So a lady come in and she's a part of the board. Y'all know how this game goes. She's a part of the board. So I guess she got to play. She got to see. Well, she didn't get along with one of my sisters. They didn't get along. They didn't, they didn't get along at all because of the assistant and the lady. They cool, but the assistant and my sister, they wasn't cool. So by their relationship, they wasn't cool. So, you know. She walks in one day, 
the lady, she walks in one day and she hears me and my sister, look at my facial, she hears me and my sister dialoguing about how we gonna communicate with all these. We got 2.5 million kids in this elementary school in the summertime and we communicating how we gonna transport them to the next room and to the next activity. Here come the lady that has no business whatsoever. She don't know what's going on. She comes in and immediately, that's another word, immediately, don't correct me, Grace, immediately comes in and says, she talking about me. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. So what happened, what, look, look, Minister Mitchell, well, what happened was, we got to go in the office. I'm doing my job. Let me get my Jerome hands together. I was doing my job, right? I get called into the office. All this gets called into the office. Mind y'all that I'm just supposed to be the witness, man. I'm just, I'm just the witness. You understand what I'm saying? So I come in there with the witness attitude. Okay, I come in there with the, I was like 50 pounds lighter, so I wasn't this big. I didn't have all this facial hair and I didn't have hair. I had a haircut. I probably had an S curl because in San Antonio, I could have an S curl. Not in Galveston because my friends in Antonio would have talked about my S curl. So I goes in and the lady behind the boss. Now, mind y'all, I didn't tell y'all this. The boss just told us that morning that no matter what, he got our back. Jerome, he said he got our back. He said, no matter what, if anything happened, I got your back. I got your back because y'all are here in the trenches with me every day and you working hard with these kids. It's hot, we ain't got no air conditioner. We got one fan and we can only put it in one room and we're not gonna put it in a room with Coach Reggie yet because he don't need a fan. He just gonna be all right. We're gonna give it to the sisters. I say, that's cool, that's all right. God got me, he gonna bless me. So I walk into the office and as I walk into the office, you can see negative entity energy. Y'all want me to say that again? Negative entity energy. I hear negative entity energy and immediately I come in. So <sighs> the book said he didn't use conversation. He, he didn't say talk to, right? So God wouldn't, I wouldn't talk. Immediately God told me, you know, you're in a situation that you're gonna have to suffer like my son did. And I said, I know. He said, well, Reginald, what I want you to do is I want you to put your hands behind your back because I created you to be such a massive vessel. I made you, you know, a little bigger than the other vessels. So I need you to put your hands behind your back because they might be intimidated by me. Y'all didn't catch that. Y'all did not catch that. See, at the time, I was thinking it was me. You understand what I'm saying? Because beforehand, I had a meeting with one of the parents. The parents did not speak English. The parents spoke Espanol. And I only knew muy poquito. But the parent was in there crying, saying that ever since you moved my child away from Coach Reggie, my child has not been doing so well. My child has been getting in nothing but trouble 
And since y'all split up the kids in these different types of groups, my child does not, because Reggie, Coach Reggie was the law. They, they said that they had somebody to interpret what they were saying. You understand what I'm saying? So when I got in there, I was in tears because I was like, I did not know that I had this much impact. I did not know that I had this much over these kids because I was just doing it because this is what I love to do. This is what I do. And, and since this is what I do, don't nobody owe me nothing. I ain't worrying about their paycheck you give me. I ain't worrying about nothing. This is what I do. I don't like the weekends because I can't see you kids, period. And I told them that. So when I'm in that office and I listen to God tell me, put your hands behind your back because you're supposed to suffer like my son. You're supposed to, to witness something like my son. And I did it. And I looked that lady in the eye and the lady started explaining what was going on. And when she explained what was going on, I said, wait a minute, ma'am. Like, look, Jerome, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not not say nothing. Yeah, have y'all, well, you could not not say nothing. But you know the spirit got you. You know the spirit got you back. You know that God got you back because you, you was not in the wrong. You was just there. And you love, you loved your neighbor. My coworkers was my neighbor. I told them that I was going to take a bullet for them. And that lady came in with that wrong negative entity energy and was trying to take my friend out. My friend had a daughter and a son and a younger daughter and they were struggling and they needed that job. So I had to step in and say, you cannot let that happen by the expense of my own. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't notice to today, y'all. And I don't mean like today physically. I mean, I mean today in the spiritual realm, like when I got older, because I was bitter about losing that job. I just told y'all the ending right there, but let me continue the story. The lady looked at me and say, I'm not talking to you with your ghetto. Now with my hands behind my back, I looked at that lady and in the softest voice, in the softest voice, I said, ma'am, a ghetto is a place and not a person. She lost it, y'all. She lost it. But let me tell y'all something before I get further. That is not what I wanted to say. That is not what I wanted to say, Minister Mitchell. That was not what I wanted to say, Grace. You got me. All you was going to hear was, can y'all, I don't even know if y'all can hear that. All, look, I, look, I don't care who you was. I don't care if your ethnicity was. I don't care what the gender was. You got me messed up. All you was going to hear was, all you go here in that office, roughly. All that's all you go here. All you go here skin on sheetrock, skin on desk, skin on staples, something because you got me messed up. Because for one, why are you aiming at me and I am just a witness? But God say, humble yourself, son, and you physically be humiliated. She waited for me to respond, and I responded. She started going off some more. I say, ma'am. I'd rather talk to your husband than to talk to you because I don't want to talk to you because you are out of place and I know what you're doing. I called you out. She wanted me to respond the way that Reginald would have responded. I read the first beginning of that book that man said he was writing down, he was going at it with God. He was going with him. He was going back and forth. You got a little, and then the next thing you know, when he finished, 
When he finished, then God started talking. And he couldn't do nothing about it. But let me tell you something. I was in a situation where I wanted to be Reginald. Now, nah, forget Reginald. Reginald's a nice guy. I wanted to be Reggie Paul. Reggie Paul don't give it to you. I'm telling you right now, man. Look at my face. Do y'all know I'm dead serious? I give it to you. You got me messed up. You got me all the way messed up. I, hey, I don't stand for what's wrong. I stand for what's right. And if you don't like it, then you're going to have to get out of my way because I'm not going to stand for what's wrong. And you're not going to wrong none of, none of his children because I'm one of his children. And if I know that you're trying to do it on purpose, I'm really going to get angry. See, I had to learn self-control. I had to learn self-control. To this day, I'm still learning self-control because they got me messed up. They got me messed up. So as I continue to talk to this lady, what really got her mad was I told her that, hey, a ghetto is a place and not a person, and I'd rather talk to your husband. I knew her husband. Me and the husband, we talked about sports. We talked about your son that I coached in basketball. So let me talk to him because you're being rude, young lady. Your husband is not rude to me. We laugh and joke all the time. Oh, she didn't like that response. So she uttered something else, and she said, looked at my boss. Look, y'all, she looked at my boss. And when she looked at my boss, she said, oh, that's it. I'm going to go tell. She was on the board. So guess what? She had power. But let me tell y'all something that I didn't tell y'all in the beginning. When I had the interview, the man that she went to go tell to, you know what he told me in the interview? I had the job already knocked off in the bag. He got me messed up. But he said, it's not about the X's and O's, Reggie. So you know what that meant? Let's get out the physical, man. You know what that meant? He didn't like me anyway. He thought I was just here for whatever you thought I was here for. Y'all didn't even have an athletic program. Y'all didn't even have an athletic program. I had to coach volleyball, Jerome. I had to coach volleyball. I ain't never played volleyball. I wish all of y'all that was on the call could see me coaching these girls volleyball. You got to hit the ball like this. <laughs> ain't no... You got the, I mean, and you got the, I ain't man, look, man, I don't know no positions. I don't know. I need a little bump, you know what I'm saying? And I say, you got to put your hands together like you're staring at the Kool-Aid with one spoon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, anything that came to my head, but that was the greatest time I had. That was the greatest time I had with those girls. Coaching it because I, I didn't know nothing about volleyball. But what I'm saying, this is how close I was with these kids. And like at the time, we was getting ready to go to Disney World, y'all. We was going to Disney World. I had my room and the plane ticket already reserved. Like we was three days away. Like I was already there and that happened. That happened. All the grind and grit that I did, we did barbecues. We came to second place in a barbecue where we was up for two days barbecuing that meat. I'm talking about all the grind, all the galas that we did, all the auctions that we did. I'm there in every event and I'm giving it my all. And you mean to tell me right at the finish line, it was taken away from me. That was the most humiliating thing. I was so angry for five to six to seven to eight to nine to 10, 11, 12 years. Still angry, still angry. You took away my chance to go to Florida. I ain't never been to Florida. You took my chance away to go to Walt Disney. I was going to see Mickey Mouse. 
I was going to take a picture with Mickey Mouse and rub his ear. I just wanted to rub his ear. That's all I wanted to do as a kid was just rub his ear. And they took that away from me. I just wanted to rub the right ear on his side and just give him a picture. But that hurt. What I'm saying is, though, the whole time, this is this, the whole time. See, when you get by yourself and you be alone, you get to have that conversation. You understand what I'm saying? I even said this last night because I had a Bible study that I was invited to last night. I mean, he appoints a time to where you have a conversation with him. He appoints a time where you have no choice but to sit down and talk to him. He appoints a time where you have no time but to get a piece of paper and get the writing. And then when you finish getting all that stuff off your mind, when you finish getting all that stuff off your heart, then he's going to sit up there and tell you, now nah, this is what I really want to tell you. And guess what you're going to know? You're going to know that it's him the whole entire time. And you're going to know that it's him talking. And you're going to know that he's talking through you because you was real and authentic about it. And that's why he showed up. You wasn't playing and you wasn't no replica. That's why he showed up. That's the conversation with God that I'm talking about. The conversation he had with me in that office when I had to be humble and I did not, I couldn't say what I wanted to say. I couldn't do what I wanted to do because I would have told that office up. Do y'all understand me? But he humbled me. He humbled me and I got fired. Come on, hey, y'all not listening, man. He humbled me and I got fired. And then the rubbing in, the boss going to say, what kind of boss am I? Look, I'm, 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 this is his voice. What, what kind of boss am I? I'm, 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 what kind of boss am I? I don't, I don't, you, you, you suspended with pay. I say, you the boss that's supposed to fire me. You suspended me with pay. Come on, man. That's a nice way of saying, hey, it was a good run. But I can't do nothing for you, brother. But what about what you said when you said you had my back? I can't do nothing about my hands tied, man. She went, she went to the, 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 but you the man, though. But you knew that I could, you call me in for a witness, man. You use a chump. You're a chump. And you know you're a chump. But after I said all that, man, do you know them kids and them parents was outside their school and they was boycotting with signs? Talking about you got rid of the best thing that we had? I seen it with my own eyes. Tears coming down my eyes. I was like, wow. But there was God talking to me, man. He said, I ain't finished with you yet. Do you know I went on to work for five different boys and girls clubs in five different cities? And in the last one that I worked at, they were supposed to give me my own boys and girls club, but they gave it to the lady that was in Oklahoma City the longest. And she said, I'm not taking this position unless you make Reginald my assistant. And gave me a $5 raise. And then a month later, the other boys and girls club argued and said that y'all took the best thing from me and they brought me back to the other main boys and girls club and gave me five more dollars. God said, all you had to do was shut your mouth. All I wanted to do was shut your mouth. See, whatever they take it from you, man, let them take it from you because I got something to give you. But you got to have time to talk to me. You got to have time to have a conversation with me. I was just stuck on the first part of the book. I'm not going to lie to y'all. When that man was sitting up there writing, and he was writing, he said, after he finished giving God what he felt, let God have to say, man, why is my life the way that it is, man? You get me messed up, God. And he said, his hands started moving. <laughs> and he could not control what he was writing. My God. Do we know when he's talking to us? Do you know when you're having a conversation with him? Or do you think you're having a conversation with yourself? Or do you think you're talking to the person that's in front of you? 
or the time where you wanted to say something, but what you wanted to say, you didn't even say it. Something else came out and you couldn't even control what you said. That means he was in you talking for you. I'm a Christian present you. Anybody want to? Hello, how y'all doing? Sorry for being late, but I'm always on time. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Woo! How y'all doing? No, I stay with the, the energy. Huh? Yes. What a mighty God we serve. That's right. Conversations with God. That's the name of the book, ain't it? Huh? Conversations with him? Yes, sir. Uh -huh. All right. He said, with two or three gather, where am I at? Okay. Room. All right. Y'all don't see his face on the phone call. Look. Ooh, y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't see his face on the phone call. Look at yourselves and give yourself a round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, joy! <laughs> Joy in the morning. Ha! Joy in the evening. No, let me stop. Let me stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's nice to see y'all smiling, man. It's hey, man. One of them days, man. Hey, I, I actually work. One of my coworkers I work with is a kid that I used to coach. <laughs> oh, matter of fact, I work right across the street from the first boys and girls club that I that I grew up in and I had my first job experience, by the way. And the dude that I work with, he's a guy that I coach. And we have conversations with God, both of us. I listen to him talking, I listen to me talking. We be like, wow, do you understand that God put us back together in the same spot so we can sharpen each other again? And to hear you, young man, rise up to this level? Whew. My forehead shining. <laughs> That's right. All right. All right. Mrs. Mitchell, you got yes, anything sir. to say? Huh? Well, since you since you're talking about joy, sir. Yeah. If you go to if you go to page five, the highest thought is always that thought which contains joy. The clearest words are those words which contain truth. The grandest feeling is that feeling in that feeling which you call love. Joy, truth, love. These three are interchangeable and one always leads to the other. It matters not in which order they are placed. I underlined this because it came from understanding when God is talking to you. And it says, he was talking to him and he, he was like, God said, mine is always your highest thought, your clearest word, your grandest feeling. Anything less is from another source. So he's letting you know right there. I'm telling you, when you hearing from me, this is what my voice sounds like. These are what my words sound like. And I underlined that because I'm like, okay, so when God is talking to me, there's joy, there's truth, and there is love. So any words that flow through me that are not of joy, not of truth, and not of love are not of God. See, reading this book, I love it because when you are in leadership, I don't care what role you are in. Your words 
have impact. And in leadership, you have to pay attention to the words that come out of your mouth as well as the words you tell yourself. God was telling, because he was asking God, how do I know is you talking to me? How do I know when I say, God, how do I do this? How do I know is you answering me? Because like today, there was no joy. It was all truth, but it was my truth. <laughs> and there was no love. Well, there was love, but it was my love in the words that were inside of my head and my heart. But as Grace spoke to me, she spoke to me with love. She spoke to me with truth. And she spoke to me with joy. So in her words is where I found peace and calm. Because I knew that was God telling me, my child, I need you to listen to me. So I'm going to come to you through a device, a person who I know you're going to listen to. He also says in here, when he comes to us, he can't just come to us in one specific form. Because if he comes to me one way and he doesn't show up to grace that way, I'm going to always see him in that form. So if he comes to me in that form through grace and then turns around and comes to me in that form through Antonio Jerome, Phil, and, and Reggie, I'm not going to listen to Antonio Jerome, Phil, and Reggie because he came to me originally through grace. So this is how I see him now. But instead of focusing on how I see him, focus on the words that come from him, the conversation that you have with him. If you're having a conversation with him and it's not a conversation of joy, Reggie, joy, I can't say it like you say it because you got the, 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 the <laughs> when I say it, I'm going to sound like a chipmunk screaming when you say it's my, it. It's my beard. It's the beard that made me pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> But you you know you know when God is speaking to you when the words are of joy, when the words are of love, and when they're truth. And you'll know it's truth. Not your truth, but the truth. See, my truth was roll out. But God's truth was, be still and let me work. My love was roll out. But God's love was, be still and let me work. My joy was roll out. But God's joy was, there's there is the divine in everything be it good or bad let me handle this this is not for you to handle 
It's for you to learn to trust me. So I've through this book, I've learned. Listen, look, it, what it I'm going to be honest with y'all. What this book really did was let me know that I was not crazy and I was crazy. I was crazy not to trust. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> it, it let me know that I was crazy and I was uh-huh. not crazy. The okay. was not crazy was the voice that talks to me, that calms me down. The voice that's the opposite of how I would normally react was God telling me, look, child. I know you. Calm your nerves and trust me. You said you want me to do it. Let me do it. That's when it let me know I wasn't crazy. It let me know I was crazy because I knew better. I'm glad he worked with you like that. <laughs> well, further, further on, in, down? Further on in the book, it says, you cannot find God with your mind. You can only find God with your heart. Therefore, to find God, we all must lose our mind. Thank you, Phil. You, you, because that. <laughs> thank you, Phil. Because that brings us to where? Where is the other part? Because I, I, I have. I'm gonna show y'all. Y'all, y'all see. Y'all see all them underlines, like. I just pretty much should have just underlined the whole book. It just just underlined the whole book. Because Phil, you're right. Because he was when he was he was talking to him and he was telling him, where is it? If y'all if if he was telling him about emotions, thoughts and emotions. Antonio always tell us thoughts plus emotion equal creation. And then he was telling us how when he here it is wait no that wasn't it oh where is ah i'm almost there i'm almost there y'all ah in fact you place so little value in experience not the experience he was talking about feelings where is that ah here it is okay oh Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you. It's on page three. When we try to speak to, when we try to speak to each other, me to you, you to me, we are immediately constricted by the unbelievable limitation of words. For this reason, I do not communicate by words alone. In fact, rarely do I do so. My most common form of communication is through feeling. Feeling is the language of the soul. If you want to know what's true for you about something, look to how you're feeling about it. You can't feel things with your brain. You can't feel things with your thoughts. You can only feel things in your heart. They say the heart is the second brain. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. (laughs) The heart is the second brain. The heart the heart sees and thinks before it thinks on a different level than this brain. Your feeling 
he he communicates through us through how we feel so if you're always thinking always thinking always thinking always thinking and you never feeling do you actually take the time like and like reginald saying how he was sitting there writing and once he stopped once he got it all out and he stopped writing he couldn't lift his hand up and then god started going after that i underlined that part because it said the answers to the questions i was putting on paper never came to me until the questions was completely written and i put and i'd put my own thoughts away he stopped thinking the moment his mind was clear god was able to talk through him through his heart that's why he couldn't lift that pen up because god was like all right do you really want to have this conversation because we could have this conversation because see now now your brain is clear you have no more thoughts you ain't got nothing flowing through your head. You're empty. You're on E. You emptied your cup. So now I can fill it. Are you prepared for me to fill it? Now I can talk to you. I'm sorry I had to pause because that was for me. <laughs> that one was for me. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Thank you very much. Cause that, that, that one, this book taught me so much because how can you have a conversation with God if you don't even know how to have a conversation with him? He's always trying to have a conversation with you. He's waiting for you to talk. And to me, this book is the core of all of us. It'll help you dig into the core of you to dig into who you are. So what comes out of you will be that leader. What comes out of you will be that person of God. What comes out of you will be the person that you're supposed to be and not the person that you show everybody. You know, we have that, that mask that we put on, that facade that we put on every time we walk out of our front door. Sometimes we don't, we never take it off. And because we never take it off, we forget who we are. Even when we come to God, we still have that facade on. And he's trying to talk to us through this facade. He's trying to talk to us through this mask, but we're so busy hiding. He can't get through. To me, this is this. Neil Donald Walsh gave us the blueprint to actually have a conversation with him. Cause there's something that he said and, and I, I wrote it down and I put a note next to it. He said, but which I now understand was meant for more than just me. It was meant for you and everyone else who has come to this material. For my questions are your answers. Next to it, I wrote, what is given to you isn't just for you. but we don't pay attention to that part because we keep the facade up. He can't give us what he wants to give to somebody else through us because we're too busy not listening to him. And it's because we don't know how to have a conversation with him. Do you understand how many of our problems we would not have 
if we knew how to actually have a conversation with God, if we would do what Neil Donald Walsh did on that very moment when he could not sleep, when he had gotten to the point where he was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and he decided, I'm going to write this letter, but instead of writing it to these other people that's been, that I imagine is victimizing me, you know what God means? You finna have this. I'm finna And went at it. And as he's pouring everything out, for some reason, I see God just sitting there like, took you long enough. You through? You ready? Because now that you have emptied out yourself, now we can dialogue. Because the same questions you asking me are the same questions my all my children are asking me. But you are now in such a vulnerable position, you will listen. As leaders, we never, we, as leaders, we never, and I say, I know they say never say never, but we never put ourselves in a position of vulnerability to listen to the one source that guides us. And y'all, please, at any given moment, please unmute your mic and speak because I'm a student in this class just like you are. I just want to put that out there. Because even, even at this point, he was like, what he, what? He was talking to him and he was asking about prayer. He, Neil asked him about prayer. And let me, how did he, he started off with, where's the question he asked him that started the whole conversation? Go ahead, Jerome. <laughs> oh, uh, folks, I sent De Deanna the transcript uh, of my book. And in the book, <laughs> This is crazy. Uh, about three years ago, I traveled to Kenya. But before I went, I was talking to my accountant and talking about my friend in Kenya and how I met him 20 years earlier, blah, 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 blah. And I was telling her a story that was phenomenal. And she responds, just like so many other people I told the same story to. And as I'm sitting there, you know, the spirit of God says to me, um, not only, um, are you going to write a book? Not only are you going to write a book, but you're going to go to Kenya and get the ending of it. And I say, excuse me? Yeah, you're going to write a book about him, but you're not going to get the ending until you go to Kenya. And I'm saying to the Lord, I say, excuse me, didn't you just hear the accountant tell me that um, I owe about 20 grand to the IRS and to State of Maryland? Where, where am I going to get money to go to Kenya? Well, make a long story short, I ended up in Kenya about 30 days later round trip ticket, a brand new laptop, a brand new tablet, and $3,200 in cash. And I said, here, God told me to bring this to you. And I still owed the government that money after I came back. <laughs> but here's what was amazing. That, that's, 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 not, that's not the phenomenal part. The phenomenal part that while I was there, every day I was there, God did something miraculous. And every morning when I woke up at 5 o'clock, I would journal. Going back to what you're talking about, De Deanna. 
I would journal every morning. Well, I discovered while I was there that it had not rained there for like two years. So it was a drought. The next to the last day I was there, I woke up to rainfall. But the day before, God did something miraculous in, 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 in the college classroom with some kids. And he woke me up that morning early from the raindrops. I thought I was dreaming. So I rolled over and went back to sleep. The rain got louder. And I, went, I said, wait a minute, that's not, that's not my dream. This actually raining. So I got up, instead of five o'clock, it was four o'clock. And I sat down and I began to write. And the spirit of God says, stop. I want you to listen. <laughs> and he began to speak to me. Here's what's going on. Here's what's, you're not going to do this. You're going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then when he gave all to me, he said, now you can journal. I went, what the? So did I journal? Then I went to my friend and I said, Wilson? He said, yeah, I got to share something with you. He said, what's that? Let me tell you what God just told me. Blah, 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 blah. Remember I was talking about helping you? No, we, we, we've got a mission. God said, we got a mission to do and blah, 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 blah. And I said, so I just wanted to let you know that. He said, okay. <laughs> he did not argue. He received it. And we've been on that journey ever since. So I had to share that with you because I'm sitting there going, wait, wait. This, is, this is right out of what I wrote in the book. Um, so yes, um, I was ready. Every day I journal, I journal every day. And then the next day I say, he said, no, listen, don't write nothing. And then he spoke and blah, blah, blah. And then I was writing. I was like, because I didn't want to forget the stuff that he told me. <laughs> so absolutely about us communicating with him and letting him speak to us because we have a mission. And, 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 and as, the, as the young man said in the book, it isn't just for us, it's for his people. So I said, okay, okay. Oh, and by the way, folks, um, I had done the outline for the book before I went to Kenya, came back. Two years later, I'm in uh, um, Iowa. 21 days, I wrote the book. 21 days, wrote it. Over 32,000 words. And I'm sitting there going, the other book took me how many years? And I wrote this in 21 days. Okay. Yeah. Make sure you get it when it comes out. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jerome, for sharing. Thank you. Mr. Phil, is there something you wanted to share with us? No, I was just saying I got to go. Okay. <laughs> love, love you. Love you more, Phil. So I, I, I want to hear from everybody else. Like, I want to hear what in this book, because there, there's so much more in it. He, he went on to talk about <clears throat> your perspective of God. Go ahead, Reverend Reginald. I was eating uh, sugar-free cookies. It was uh, sugar-free cookies. I had to eat. I hate all day. I needed the sugar-free cookies. I was just letting my sister know. Yeah, that's, that's all. But uh, I do want to read page eight. I do want to read page eight. I'm talking about the whole entire page eight. And I'm going to read it 
with my heart. I ain't putting my glasses on today, Jerome. <laughs> Read it with my heart. I'm going to start off with you cannot. Just a little paragraph right there. I'm not going to read that. but I'm going to just start off with you cannot. You cannot know God until you stop telling yourself that you already know God. You cannot hear God until you stop thinking that you already heard God. I cannot tell you my truth until you stop telling me yours. God dog it, man. Now, 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 I ain't finished yet. I just had to pause. I'm a person that like to read it twice because the first time I read it, I read it because I'm reading it. The second time I eat it and I digest it and it becomes tattooed in my spirit, amen? But my truth about God comes from you. Who says so? Others. What others? Check this out. Leaders, ministers, rabbis, priests, books, the Bible, for heaven's sake, those are not authoritative sources. They aren't? No. Then what is? Listen to your feelings. Listen to your highest thoughts. Listen to your experience. Whenever any one of these differ from what you've been told by your teachers or read in your books, forget the words. Words are the least reliable purveyor of truth. There's so much I want to say to you, so much I want to ask, I don't know where to begin. Page eight. You know how much page eight. Look, first of all, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and say what this book done for me. I'm, I'm going to start out by saying I ain't going to tell you what this book done for me. Not just yet. Because I already lived this book. When I went on places and went on ventures and went on different voyages, especially the unplanned voyages. If anybody went on an unplanned voyage, you didn't prepare to pack. You didn't have no clothes. You had to go, and you had to go now. Anybody went on them voyages, don't necessarily have to be jailed, people. Don't necessarily have to be jailed. I ain't just talking about jail. I'm just talking about you had to go, and you had to go now. It was it was from a, a consequence. It was from a it was from a because every action has a reaction. It was a reaction from action. Okay, because everything we do, every action is reacting. Okay, so reading this book didn't do nothing but highlight what I lived, and when it highlighted what I lived. All it did was, whatever I tattooed into my spirit, all it did was make it brighter so that it can shine forth. And therefore, all I have to do was just keep reciting. Because one thing about somebody that's in a choir, in order for them to learn the song, what do they have to do? Practice. Rehearse it over and over and over again. Memory. Over and over again. Right? Let's say I just joined the choir today and I'm standing by my sister Grace and we standing up there and I just joined the choir. I got my choir robe on. I don't know one song. And everybody know I don't know that one song. And everybody know I just want to do what I'm supposed to do. So guess what I got to go do? I got to go rehearse it. I got to go practice it. I got to go learn it. 
Well, I'm looking at this conversation that has been going on. It's, I cannot tell you my truth until you stop telling me yours. You gonna tell me something I already know? <laughs> you know, you gonna tell me something I already know that you didn't know, but I knew because I knew it already before you even knew that you thought you knew. That's that's what the that's that's what dialogue with God sound like. Think about it. You gonna tell me something I already knew? You didn't know it though. That's what that's what God telling you. you didn't know it, but you know I had to make you. I, I, Okay, you know what, Reginald? You remember back in, I'm just pick a date, all right? You remember back in 2004, when you experienced what you experienced? Yeah. Do you know why you went through that? Uh, wait a minute, okay. And then it say, when you're at your highest of your little thoughts, right there, at the high, <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. You're at the highest of your thoughts, right? Everybody on here got to that point to where when they thought something over that was done right or wrong, true or false, yay or nay, and they got to that point, and you sitting wherever you sitting at your favorite chair, your favorite couch, your favorite spot in the house, and when God comes sit next to you, <laughs> you want to know when you know God sit next to you because you'd be like, oh, man, you mean to tell me that? And then, okay, the other say she uh, crazy, but she ain't crazy. Well, call me crazy, cause then I sit up there and laugh. It's just me by myself. Oh, look, y'all ain't got the y'all ain't got the y'all ain't got the Jerome. You ain't got to say it. They ain't got to say it. They don't want to talk about the conversation you had when it was just you and God, and you sit up there laughing. Somebody walked in and say, well, "What you laughing at?" You ain't want to tell me you was talking to God though, huh? And then nothing, nothing. You know how? how <laughs> uh, uh, I don't want to laugh. I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh at nothing. But now you you had got because the author of the book, the dude that, that's talking about the book, he said he he said this is exactly what he said he did. He he let God have it. Like you know what I'm saying? How I look at it is if man, everything that he had on his soul, he gave to him. You know when you've been hurt, uh, you lost that loved one. And, uh, let's say you're a singer. And you lost that love one. Boy, it's gonna be the best song you sung. Cause that came, you get what I'm saying? That came from the hook. Well, hold up, hold up. Let's talk about an artist. Let's talk about an author, a first time, a first time writing author, a first time uh artist who 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 put something out. Do you know that's your hardest stuff? Cause you put your oof in it. You put your oof in it. Then you come back and you listen to it. You know, you done put some other stuff out. Some years passed by. You understand what I'm saying? And you at your favorite couch, you at your favorite spot, you at your favorite, you know what I'm saying? And you like, boom, but you listen to it and you like, that wasn't even me. That wasn't even me. And then he started laughing at you. He said, I know. <laughs> you thought it was, you thought it was you, but it was me. And I didn't make you make that for that time. You did. Come on, man. You did. But I made it for you right now. Because the only way that you're going to listen to me, <laughs> the only way you're going to hear me, I'm everywhere, Jerome. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I see everything. And all you got to do is give me, he say, feelings and thoughts. Right? Feelings and thoughts. He talked about it, right? Feelings and thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, we got a saying down here. Well, I got a saying, don't be a thought. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought I was a, I thought you said go to the, don't be a thought. You understand what I'm saying? A thought. Your feelings, you know, as a man, you know, they, as a man, you, you know, get out your feelings, boy. Got your feelings. Suck it up. Nah, man, I need to let this out. What you talking about? I'm going to be dangerous if I continue to keep sucking all this stuff out. Because when it come out, it ain't going to come out at the right place. But somebody I know told me God is everywhere, though. Like, God is in everything. So when it come out the wrong way, at the other end of the wrong way, guess who at the other end of the wrong way? <laughs> you cannot lose. There is no lose. There is no loss. You cannot. Let me read. Let me let me read it again. He said, "But my truth about God comes from you." Who said so? Others. What others? What a big old question mark. I think that question question mark big. Is that question mark bigger than the page, or is this that that's just my book? That's that that's just my book. It's your book. I must be breaking out because nobody on my screen is moving. Everybody got the same face, and Jerome's got a finger on top of his mustache. <laughs> huh? That's my book. That's your book. My book got a big question mark on it. Say, what others? Leaders, ministers, rabbis, priests, and books. The Bible, for heaven's sake. You know it get real when they say, for heaven's sake. <laughs> you know it get real when they say, for heaven's sake. Those are not authoritative sources. They aren't? Who, who said they aren't? Was that God or was that art? us? Somebody help me. Ask your question again. Who was it? It say, it say, it say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go up. It say, who says so? It say, but my truth about God comes from you. And it says, who says so? Others. What others? Leaders, ministers, rabbis, priests, books, the Bible, for heaven's sakes. Those are not authoritative sources. They aren't. Is that us or is that God? I mean, I know, but I'm just, I just want to ask. Oh, that's God saying they aren't. Yeah, they aren't. No, then what is? Listen. listen to your feelings. It's my favorite part. Listen to your highest thoughts. When do you reach your highest thoughts? Hmm. When you're empty. <laughs> when you're at your low. <laughs> <laughs> when when you when you like a baby, <laughs> you understand? When you just when you took the L, you took the beating, you took the loss, you suffered, you suffered. Come on, now you gotta suffer, right? You accepted him, you gotta suffer, right? So when you suffer and you suffer like you're supposed to suffer and don't cry and whine about it, then you can hear him. Yeah, you can hear him. Why is it that you can hear him? Because you suffered appropriately. We suffered appropriately. Say, so listen to your feelings. Listen to your highest thoughts. Listen to your experience. We all got experience. And something. That's what makes us unique. 
because what we got experience in uh, as disciples, we could teach that to somebody because somebody needs that. I need Deanna. I need Grace. I need you. I need everybody on this phone call. I do. Everyone. That's what builds muscle. Besides those cookies I ate. <laughs> I get so serious sometimes. I gotta <laughs> it makes me get a little serious sometimes. You understand? And it don't even be me. I just I, man, he get to talking, I get to listening, and I, I can't help it sometimes. I'm glad I just I love what he do. He just he just takes over. Listen to your feelings. I know when I was a child, I ain't want to listen to no feelings. I don't feel it. I'm not. I'm a, I am 6'6", 215 pounds. Chocolate. That's it. Nobody coming to see you, Otis. Anybody else got it? <laughs> That's how I feel. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Yeah. Yes. Reverend, before we close out tonight, there's just one part that I want to bring up. And it's when God when when God is telling him about fear and love. It starts on page 18. Well, it actually started before that. He started telling us about he started off with the, the sponsoring thought. And he said, it is either a thought of love or fear. But the sponsoring thought, what the sponsoring thought actually is, he says, all human actions are motivated at their deepest level by one or two emotions, fear or love. And then he goes on to say, uh, in truth, there are only two emotions, only two words in the language of the soul. These are the opposite ends of the great polarity which I created when I produced the universe in your world as you know it today. These are the two points, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. That, that, that part was me, that's not in the book. Which allow the system you call relativity to be. Without these two points, without these two ideas about things, no other idea could exist, even human thought and every, every human thought and every human action is based on either love or fear. There's no other human motivation and all other ideas are but derivatives of these two. He said, think on this deeply. They are simply, they are simply different versions, different twists on the same thing. Think on this deeply and you will see that it is true. This is what I have called the sponsoring thought. It is either a thought of love or fear. And then he goes on to tell us how did how do how do we learn how to respond? How does human behavior what is human behavior? And he said here is how human behavior produces repeat experience after repeat experience and it's why humans love then destroy then love again. Always there's the swing from one emotion to the other. Love sponsors fear, sponsors love, sponsors fear. And the reason for all of this, he broke it down to us. He was like, "At the, uh, it is the moment you pledge your highest love, you greet your greatest fear. 
Then he goes on to move. And where do you get the idea of how much less than significant you are? So he was talking to him about how we feel about ourselves. He was breaking down to him the ideas we get about ourselves. He was saying, what I want for you is not what is not what actually is. You know, he said, uh, he was saying, for if you cannot depend on God's love, ah, there it is. I found it. And the reason is found in the first lie. The lie which you hold as the truth about God, that God cannot be trusted. That God's love cannot be depended upon. That God's acceptance of you is conditional. That the ultimate outcome is thus in doubt. For if you cannot depend on God's love to always be there, on whose love can you depend? If God retreats and withdraws when you do not perform properly, will, uh, will not mere mortals also? And so it is in that it is it is that in the moment you pledge your highest love, your and you greet your greatest fear. For the first thing you worry about after saying "I love you." is whether you'll hear it back. And if you hear it back, then you begin immediately to worry that the love you just found will, lo will, will lose. And, and so all action becomes a reaction, defense against loss, even as you seek to defend yourself against the loss of God. And he continues to talk about it. And then he asks, at the end of it, he says, and where did you get the idea of how much less than significant you are? The next sentence tells you where you get it from. From the only people whose word you you would take in everything, from the only people whose word you would take on everything, your mother and your father. Then he goes on to tell that these are the two people you love the most. Why would they lie to you? Yet, have they not told you that you are too much of this? and not enough of that and then he goes on and he tells some more about it then he's like it was your parents who taught you that love is conditional you have felt their conditions many times and that that is the experience you take into your own love relationships this is the part that he hit me with it is also the experience you bring to me we bring to god that his love is conditional Then he goes on to say, for you have not experienced the banishment of your own parents. Do, do you not know the pain of their damnation? How then could you imagine it to be any different with me? He goes on to say, you have forgotten what it's like to be loved without condition. And you do not remember the experience of the love of God. He moves on more to say, you have projected the role of parent onto God and have thus come up with a God who judges and rewards or punishes based on how good he feels about what you've been up to. And that moves on more, so it moves even more into fear. But this is what I love. All of that was to say, we make decisions based on two things and two things only fear and love fear is the energy which contracts 
closes down, draws in, runs, hides, hoards, harms. Love is the energy which expands, opens up, sends out, stays, reveals, shares, and heals. Fear wraps our bodies in clothing. Love allows us to stand naked. Fear clings to and clutches all that we have. Love gives all that we have away. Fears hold close. Love holds dear. Fear grasps. Love's let go. Love lets go. Fear rankles. Love soothes. Fear attacks. Love amends. Every human thought, word, or deed is based, based in one or the other. You have no choice about this because there is nothing else from which to choose. But you have free choice about which of these to select. What that taught me was every decision you make is really coming from two places. It's coming from fear or it's coming from love. But we would have never known this if we don't dialogue with God. If we don't have these conversations, we will never ever know this. And then our own concept of God in general comes from our personal experience he even said in the book you're not here to create you're not here to you're not here to learn you're here to experience there's nothing that we need to learn antonio used to always tell us everything you need you already have within you in this book, God even says why we even came into existence. We are him experiencing each other. We are individual experiences of God. We are here to remember through experience. We are not here to learn anything. We're here to create our own. That's in here as well. But we would never know this if we don't actually have a conversation with God. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know that we are individual experiences of him. Like it literally, there's like a whole section in here that just talks about, he's talking to Neil and he's, he's, it started, it started on like page. It started around the same page. You know, it started around page 19, then it goes on into page 20. It, and then he, Neil asked him, you said that when I always choose the action that love sponsors and I will experience the full glory of who I am and who I can be. Will you expand on this? And he said there, and God said, there is only one purpose for all of life. And that is for you and all that lives and all that lives to experience fullest glory, to experience fullest glory. Now I skipped a little bit and I underlined the wonder of this purpose is that it is never ending and ending is limitation and God's purpose is without such a boundary. Then it moves on even more. The deepest secret is that life is not a process of discovery, but a process of creation. You are not discovering yourself, but creating yourself anew. Seek, therefore, not to find out who you are. Seek to determine who you want to be. We're not here to learn. We're here to experience. We're here to create. 
we're not supposed to find out who we are we're supposed to create who we are like he even he even goes he says the soul your soul knows all there is to know all the time there's nothing hidden to it nothing unknown yet knowing is not enough the soul seeks to experience we are individual experiences of god then it moves on it says it is your soul's only desire to turn its grandest concept about itself into the greatest experience until concept becomes experience all there is is speculation you want to know how i read that it, it is your soul's only desire to turn the grandest dreams about itself into the greatest experience until dreams become experience all there is is speculation that's how i took that and he goes more and more to explain i i just took a whole the whole page 23 i just made a note and just did just just wrap that whole little section right there because he was he was just breaking down what what really was like that's 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 i'm it's it's It lets us know that everything that we've ever been taught about God, about our lives, our our purpose, our existence, like like Reginald, like you pointed out when he said on page eight, clear as day. I cannot tell you my truth until you stop telling me yours. I can't. <laughs> He said, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> That's what he really said. I don't want to hear that. I know that already. Tell me something I don't know. It's like, can you stop telling me why I create you? Yeah. Can you stop telling me why I created you? Can you stop telling me who I am and just listen? Can you stop telling me what your purpose is? Because I made you. Your whole purpose was an experience. You are me and I am you and you are here. You are here to experience. You are here to create. You're not here to suffer. You're not here to just work anyways. And then it said, he was like, but my truth about God comes from you. God's like, who said so? I love this whole, I love this whole page too, Reggie, because <laughs> this dialogue, God was like, look, you've been lied to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got to print that. I got to print that in somebody's printer. He got God straight said, "Man, look, you've been lied to." He said, "But my truth about God comes from you. Basically, my truth about you comes from you." And God's like, "Who said it came from me?" Neil was like, "Other people." God was like, "What others?" This is like having a conversation with your kid. Like, mommy, they said you. Who said? They did. Who were they? My teacher, my friend, my grandma, my mama. Those are not authoritative sources. How are you an authority? How are they authoritative service, serv uh, sources on me? Is God is. I am the alpha. <laughs> I am the alpha. When I created this world, I created it at two points, alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. How are you going to tell me? 
are they going how are they authoritative source, sources on who i am when i made them what a sound huh what a frequency what a sound huh you sure did I, not, not a word. Hold on. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had to catch myself on that one. Hey, you know the man don't like words. You already know the author of the book don't like words. God didn't even say words. He just used the sound. I'm, I'm pressing mute. Yeah, Message. It's, it's. I used to ask all the time. Who am I? What is my purpose here? Then I used to ask, why am I having all these issues? Like I stopped blaming people and just started asking questions. And it took Antonio a while to drill that into me because it ain't nobody else's fault. First, you got to ask you who taught, who said, who said. And right here, just as Donald told God, just as Neil, Donald Walsh told God, they said, When I got to the point of, okay, God, why was I created? Like, what was, what is my purpose here? What is my, because everything he said just within the first chapter, I'm sitting here like, Neil wrote this book for me. Like, <laughs> I'm literally sitting here reading this book like this is, this is when he said in the beginning he realized that that his questions were our answers that's exactly what they were because i promise you we're not the we we are not the only ones who have asked these questions we are not the only ones that god has had to have a conversation with i'm 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 Reverend Reggie, I'm passing on to you because uh, uh I'm, I'm I'm out. I I didn't I, I spoke with my soul from the pit of my stomach. I didn't came from right there, right there. I'm that's it. The words, I, they they just an utterance. If anything else come out of my mouth, it's just an utterance, a noise. So <laughs> yeah, we just gonna leave it at that. All right. Well, with that being said, next week we're gonna do four, five, and six. So we'll see you next week, Thursday, 6.30 for Conversations with God, book one, chapters four, five, and six. You can plan better. You can dominate. Good night, everyone.